You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey everyone and welcome to Nerd Room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, and DC. This episode number 216, we're discussing the news from around the world of nerd. I'm one of your hosts, Tim. I'm Troy. I'm Carlos. And I'm Sanjay. What's going on, everyone? I hope everyone is staying safe, staying nerd out there in this wild and crazy world we are currently living in. And this week, guys, it's it's no different. We're, we're talking nerd like we always do. And we're going to bring you that content and this week we're going back to somewhat of a regular format because we're going to talk about news in the world of nerd for the first time in a few weeks so we're going to try to wrap up a few things in star wars marvel and dc as it's piled up over the last few weeks and off the top here guys i gotta extend a big apology to everyone out there i did not realize how hurt people would be that we dropped that shazam review <laughs> it was a long-running joke over a year of joke of us actually doing this will they won't they and we finally did but we had a ton of fun with it we got a lot of great feedback on that review episode so if you guys haven't checked it out go back one episode 215 and check out our shazam review hashtag team sunjay team troy was pretty pretty evenly split throughout the week on twitter there guys as to what side people were falling on and it's uh you have to check out the episode to see where carlos and i really sit in this you know major civil war within the nerd room the review is kind of like our ross and rachel will they won't they we finally you know the review finally got off the plane <laughs> it just certainly did <laughs> they were on a break for a little bit <laughs> so guys we, we, got, we got a lot of news to get to this week we're gonna talk about a few things like venom name change and release date what the comic book movie slate i feel like this is a constant topic because it's constantly changing here guys we're gonna talk about dc moving distributors and the comic books coming in a different form and then towards the end we're gonna touch actually on our new digital world that we are living in what digital consumption is looking like for us and what is coming out including a mandu doc documentary series hbo max gets an official release date with some interesting titles that are going to be put onto that eventually i think when things get back filming so we're going to talk about that and also break down what we want to see on hbo max from dc there's a couple shows here that they've teased and it looks like it's going to be a very very interesting platform to see dc tv slash film expand in a new and different way the same way that we're hopefully eventually going to see the mcu expand so gentlemen Start your engines. It's time to talk some nerd. It's time to get into our weeks of nerd like we always do at the top of this show. And this is probably my favorite segment of the show because I get to hear about everything from collecting comics. Even in this this oddball world we live in, we still have the opportunity to just really expand our love for nerddom and really take deep dives. So, guys, what were you doing this week? Troy, Sanjay, Carlos, tell me what's what, what, what's been filling your time. Sunny man. You've got this intense yeah. stare, like you really want to say something. So let me have it. What's going on in your working nerd? That's the way I always look. You know, I'm <laughs> always like concentrating, trying to spit that flow, just yeah. trying to impress you guys and impress the audience out there. I just, <laughs> you know, I'm just a small town boy. You know, you know, I'm in a living in a lonely world. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> I know, and I just just took this train, midnight train, and I was just going anywhere. 
Hopefully yeah. you had a mask on while you were doing that, though. <laughs> yeah, that's the uh, new version. Um, Yeah, man, no, uh, for reals, what's going on with me? Um, Not a whole lot, you know. Um, Now's a chance for me to go back and uh, rewatch some old movies and uh, read some older comics. So I'm uh, still reading that Green Arrow. I'm up to issue 20. So I read the first 20 issues of the uh, Mike Grell um, 1988 run. And it's it's awesome, man. I love it. Um, but I was, you know, it's it's just like, it's a good book. Um, it's like it's for mature readers, so they really like they really cross that line. Like I think there's like one of the things in the back when someone asks about the comics code, and they're like, "Nah, man. Like we're not even a part of that. Like we're we're proud that we're not approved by the comics code for this issue." Gotcha. Um, yeah, man. It was it's good stuff. It's really good stuff. If you get a chance to read it. I'm not sure how much Arrow adapted of it. I, I guess very little, judging by Arrow being on CW and these being more like 18 plus comics. Um, but it still is really good. Um, had a chance to watch Superman 2. Um, I was tweeting that out. Yeah, man, I, I love that movie. Like, I know the special effects haven't really aged that well, but whatever, man. It's so cool Like to see Zod. He, he steals the show for me. Christopher Reeve is always amazing as Superman. And just to see like him battle Zod and they're battling in Metropolis. Um, I thought that was awesome. And then they battled in the Fortress of Solitude. Luther's in it. Man, this is, this is a good movie. Like I, I always go back and forth if I like Superman 2 or Superman the movie more. I think I lean more towards Superman the movie. But Superman 2 is just like, you know, it's it's less time for one. It's only two hours as opposed to three and I think there's a little bit more action in it. So, uh, yeah, man, uh, Superman 2, it's 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 a classic. It's one of my favorites. Um, in terms of movie watching, I picked up a couple horror movies um, that I finally got a chance to watch. Uh, both remakes. Um, one is the Black Christmas remake, because uh, in April, what better time to watch a Christmas movie <laughs> than <laughs> now? It, it's really good, man. It's like, a, it's like a feminist horror film, but like and some people, like, that was up in their craw. But no, man, it's a good movie. Like, if you've ever seen the first one, that was a feminist horror film from the 70s. So I don't know what you'd expect. This is more like a modern uh, take on, like, the slashers with, like, the final girls. And I thought it was really good. It was really well done. And uh, the other one was Rabbit, which is a Canadian horror film, um, a remake of the Cronenberg horror film Rabbit. And that one was super creepy. Like, and, and the special effects. Like, this is super low budget. I'm guaranteeing it's made by, like, the government of Ontario like had a hand in this. So like it's not like a eighty million dollar budget, but it was so good. Like like horror movies, like it takes a lot for me to get squeamish and turn my head. This had some really gross, like nasty stuff. Um and it has a superhero connection. Um the girl who played Supergirl in Smallville, I can't remember her name, but she's the main girl in this. She does a fantastic job. She really sells the oh, sells the part. Man, so if you're if screaming, you ever get chance, I'm throwing up. Oh my goodness, man! It was so squeamish. And there's like a scene with like Ugh. there's one scene with like some like nurses that like are super creepy. They're like kind of like have like these cages on their faces, and they're like Dude. kind of like bending in unnatural ways. It's just oh, I hate that just stuff. Grotesque, but I loved it. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, the last thing I'll uh, touch upon is like you know we talk a lot about superheroes. I'm watching this documentary about a real-life superhero. At least he was on the court, Michael Jordan. Oh, the last yeah, I've dance. heard. 
Man, so good. good. If you're in Canada, it's on Netflix. They released the first two episodes. I see Troy nodding his head with me. Mm. Man, Troy, let me know. Like, what did you think? This this was pretty good, right? Like, you, you saw this too? Oh, dude, yeah. I've watched the first episode only. Um, just oh, okay. I watched it pretty late last night, so I can't wait to dive into episode two. But, man, this is this is incredible stuff. Just seeing, like you said, real-life superhero on the mm-hmm. court, man. Even off the court, too. But, yeah, the stuff that Jordan is doing, seeing that competitive spirit of his on and off the court um, seeing some of the stuff going on between the GM and the team, the players is really something, but man, I'm, I'm digging this. I used to watch a lot of his videos back in the day when I was a kid, like Michael Jordan's playground and Michael Jordan to the max, all that stuff. So seeing this here unfold with uh, what, like 10 episodes, I think we're getting. Yeah. It's a deep dive, man, into the the Chicago bulls, not just Jordan, but the bulls too. So so uh, dude, I'm down. I love it. Yeah, Yeah. man. And, And like growing up as a kid, like, you know, I was, quite young well not quite young but like I was like 11 years old and Jordan retired for the second time with the Bulls so I didn't really watch like a ton of basketball like I was definitely more into hockey but like I would catch like the occasional Bulls game like I would say like I was like a casual follower um but like if he was playing now I'd probably watch every game you know what I mean so like I definitely like didn't take advantage of that and that's something that I regret is like growing up I should have like made more of an effort to like catch his games right so it just goes to show like I think like and especially now with like this lockdown going on and there is no sports, it just kind of, you kind of take it for granted. And you're like, man, like, you know, when stuff picks up again, I'm definitely going to like make more of an effort to like follow. Um, well, I say, like, even follow like the NBA, like, um, cause last year I really dug the Raptors games, like in the playoffs. So that's something that I'm going to try do when like stuff picks up, but like that, who knows when that'll be, but man, that's something to look forward to. But I'm hogging all the spotlight. I'm hogging all the glory. Let's let's see who else had a week in nerd. I don't know. Troy, Carlos, Timbo, shoot. Let me know. Let me know. Well, we had to we had to pull Troy away from Final Fantasy VII to get him here. So so <laughs> let's not make him wait any longer than he has to, man. What's I'm always looking behind you to see if there's a new Black series. Like, is there something I don't know about in there? Yeah, man. No. Uh, well, you know what? Today wasn't too bad. I'll, I'll be honest. You know what? Today wasn't too bad pulling myself away from Final Fantasy VII. It was a lot harder last week when we talked about a certain movie. But this week, wasn't <laughs> wasn't that bad. But um, <laughs> for the new stuff, yeah, no. I picked up um, – it's been a Star Wars-centric kind of week going on. Um, it was great, you know, kicking off with um, the crew, man, Tublin Saber, listening to their deep dive into Son of Dathomir. Yeah. Definitely makes me want to go back and read that book again. And then – Boom, being hit with the Clone Wars, um, the episode we just got. Honestly, it might be my favorite piece of Star Wars on television ever. Like, I dug this. And this was only, like, what, like a 26-minute episode? And I was just, I love this, man. This is, like, you you stick this episode on, and then you watch episode three right after, and you just enjoy it, man. This was was great. But, um, yeah, so huge shout-out to those guys covering all that content that they did the other day. Um, But new stuff I picked up, it was... Clone Troopers, man. I'm in this mode of um, army building nice. for the first time with figures, which is something I don't do. I don't mess <laughs> with troopers much, but the clone troopers, I'm all in. And I've been finding my ways getting these uh, these figures. So I picked up two more clone troopers to go with my, my Anakin in the centerpiece to kind of build that Order 66 look going on. I think I'm at about four clone troopers, and I had to unbox Rex to throw them in there too. So I'm totally digging that. And uh, the other thing is I got the Hasbro Empire Strikes Back Black Series 40th anniversary. Uh, Bespin Luke. That came in the mail the other day. And um, 
kind of forgot that I had that thing on pre-order because I found the actual Bespin original 2014 orange yeah. card back uh, loot already. But um, it's great, man. You know, Hasbro, it's it's taken a while, but they finally nailed Mark Hamill's face, oh, I would man. have to say. Every with, uh, head is different. Everyone. Every face. It's, it's, it's like looking at like a bunch of different versions of like a James Bond toy. Like yeah. you got the Sean Connery and you got the Pierce 100%. Brosnan. <laughs> but this is just Mark Hamill. It's like different actors playing the guy. Um, but no, this one, and I'd say the um, Return of the Jedi Luke, that last like, Walmart exclusive that came yeah. out. I think those are the two best um, Mark I'd, Hamill faces. I'd had. say other than it looks like he's got spray tan on a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the Return of the Jedi one? Yeah. Other than that, yeah. Sun, yeah, yeah, exactly. That tattooing, <laughs> double sun, both yeah. sides of your face. <laughs> Extra crispy. But, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's it's dope. Um, the only bummer is, though, so with the 40th uh, anniversary, I did want to keep these inbox, and that's my plan. But unfortunately, just, you know, due to the mail service, uh, the box is kind of banged up. So I did contact Hasbro just to see what's going to go on with that because – Damn, the, the corner is looking kind of mashed, which is man, looks like they threw it at your door. Yeah, man, they just they just chucked it in there. I'm like, like I, did, I didn't want to come close. I bet you the mailman like Shazam. Yeah, probably. It's probably like, it's <laughs> Troy. It's just, it's Troy of the nerd room. Troy yeah, yeah. <laughs> Surprise. Yeah. You don't see this in the clearance section. I can tell you that. Unlike the Shazam toys, but um, yeah, just a little bit of shame there. <laughs> just wait till you see the next toy you order, Troy. Yeah, yeah. Sanjay's just waiting out front every day to stomp on them. The baseball <laughs> bat. It's like you're coming down, toy. But uh, yeah, man. No, that's that's really been it. Um, I can't remember if I touched on it before. I did receive this also a um an X Factor Cyclops, that old vintage card that we've seen yeah, yeah. floating a while. Um, so I got that. But um, apart from that, man, that's it. Nothing on the comics. Um, I'm still still going through uh Sanji Atman, that Nick Spencer run. I'm still trying to finish that up. And um, yeah, man, I'm just and I'm watching that Michael Jordan um documentary, The Last Dance, mm-hmm. loving it, man. Just where it. where are you getting the clone troopers from? Oh, uh, Kijiji, Kijiji I found it. Like, I've been I've been hunting, and the, the stormtroopers, you know, because from that old card, it's pretty hard to find. Yeah, so yeah. um, a guy had it. He posted. He had you know, four I clone s- troopers. Saw that. So I, yeah, I did see and that post. He was. He, he was down to get rid of it because he had two in box, which was pretty expensive. He had two that was loose, and he said, "Hey, I'll like I'll drop it off wherever you want." Because this guy lived pretty far out of town, actually. Oh, so, cool. dropped it off and uh, scrubbed those things down. Um, <laughs> you know, I had to scrub them down anyways because the thing is with these clone troopers, I have to repaint them white because I don't want the all white ones. I don't want like the colors, mm-hmm. so I had to give it a good scrub anyways. But uh, turned out great, man. It's oh, awesome. that's awesome. Yeah, I think I saw yeah. him because he wanted like sixty-five and fifty or something for the for the. In- inbox yeah. ones i was like ooh, that's Great. a bit steep for me right now and I'm, I'm still a bit nervous about kijiji and all that yeah and uh, well i think um uh, with the clone troopers too i'm pretty sure we'll see a re-release coming up in the archive line well we I'm, have to either that, four or three we that's been to. my biggest thing right now is like i want to know yeah. what the next archive line because i was debating opening some of the blue lined black series figures because yeah. right now the only thing i have in a bin that's not on display i don't really have enough room or at least the real estate that i want to use for other things is not i don't want to replace it with stuff in box so i'm like do i open these and but i don't regret opening those yeah and if they come out with an archive because quite a few of the archive blue card like the ig88 the bosk like they've been re-released in the archive line yeah and so the yoda as well so i haven't had to open those ones and so there's only a few that i want to open like that vader so i don't know we'll see it's uh 
it's this constant i just want them to tell me what is what's going on <laughs> i know i've been digging around i haven't seen anything i've no. just seen speculations over the the clone troopers but yeah, yeah. so no. all right no. goddamn batman uh you know building off of troy's kajijiness uh, this goes back two weeks now i guess but we didn't do this last week but my boy looking out for me he uh sent me a message saying hey i found you a batgirl figure mm-hmm. you're kind of talking about getting one of those and uh yeah via kijiji hooked me up and but he had a kind of funny setup for the figure drops it was it was right by my office so dope. but uh he's like yeah send me a text when you get here so i text him, and comes out the door puts it on a table and there's a little drawer on the table to drop my cash so yeah <laughs> all awesome. loved up and uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Batgirl came home, sat in my trunk for 72 hours, and then uh, went into a figure bath. But yeah, you know, I, I took that one out of box, and that was a figure that I, I didn't mind, but it was more for the Build-A-Batmobile piece and um, Sean Murphy's White Knight stuff. I was really digging just his designs and whatnot, so I had a bit of a hankering to get that figure. And uh, man, she is awesome out of the box. Like, I was totally blown away by how good she looks. I was sharing some pics with Troy of her posed up with Nightwing and stuff. And she went from being a figure that I was going to pass on, maybe one of my favorites in the line. Like, wow. just a gorgeous sculpt. Like, the articulation is really, really sharp on the figure, too. Good accessories. And, um, yeah, and the Batmobile is pretty cool. Like, I'm actually in with it right now. Nice. Well, and it's, that's just, it's interesting. When you pull something out, like hearing you say that, out of the box, what a difference it makes, right? Like, in box, you've probably picked it up a few times and said, eh, maybe. And then now that you've got it out posed up, and it's one of your favorite figures. That that's a testament to the, the opening and posing, right? Well, it's huge. And like my my youngest, she had seeing me have Batgirl loose and posing her up and stuff. As soon as I was done, she's like, "Hey, can we open this Harley too?" And so cracked <laughs> nice. that one open. And that was another one that was a lot nicer out of the box. It didn't blow me away as much as the Batgirl did out of the box, but uh, yeah, I was uh, I was pretty happy to scratch that plastic anxiety a oh, bit. So. Yeah. It's it's so funny hearing everyone's tolerance for like how they receive packages now. I like when I get I was gonna talk in a minute here about I got an Amazon package. I literally went outside, scooped it with my snow shovel, walked around <laughs> back with it on the shovel, into the garage, in the back of the garage for seventy two hours. Like I don't even touch the package. And yeah, then, then I go yeah. in, I open it, and depending on what's in it, I usually like Clorox wipe the, all the stuff down, even though it's sat there for seventy two hours. Um, it's, it's just funny seeing how everything, cause I've been thinking about putting some stuff up on, on Kijiji, if you build the figure pieces and seeing people want to do swaps. But what I was thinking is like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to put a bin out like on my front step and be like, you take it, you chuck whatever in or money or whatever. And then that bin gets closed and that bin goes away for 72 hours. Right. And it's just like nothing touched or email money transfer or whatever. I don't think I'd do cash, but if we're doing a swap or whatever, but it's interesting because it's kind of trying to figure out where your comfort level is, but also, like you said, scratching a little bit of that plastic anxiety. <laughs> yeah, like Buddy's system worked pretty good. It, it was funny like he was set up for um, for this very circumstance kind of thing and like just the hand coming out of the door with the figure <laughs> going onto the table. <laughs> made me laugh. I, I've done in the past buying Pez from people where they just had a bin and the guy had chucked it in a bin on his front porch like, five minutes before i got there and then i just threw the baggie full of money and took the the, the pez and sounds ran back. pretty sketchy tim oh, yeah, are you man. sure you're buying pez what was in those pezes i don't know i chucked the candy out so it could it, it could have been drugs i have no idea it went in the garbage 
you tried the Pezes, you just threw away $30 million worth of ecstasy tips. Well, here's the thing. I'm buying Pez from like 20 years ago, so I'm not sure <laughs> the candy is it's any good anymore. Even I get, I get, even the new Pez, I buy straight into the garbage. <laughs> yeah. The candy, sure. Is that what the kids call it these days? Maybe. I have no idea. <laughs> that's, that's a street name. Yeah. Right? <laughs> All right. Well, I had I had a pretty solid week because I did venture for for the very first time on actually getting an action. I haven't picked up an action figure since we we really locked ourselves down here. And I was on Kijiji. I was ordering just some random things around the house, some batteries to feel the things. And I was scrolling through Black Series and Marvel Legends, and I was like, ah, you know, there's a few here, but I'm not super interested in anything right here right now. And then I scroll by this Poe Dameron figure from the Last Jedi, and it was. Ten dollars and twenty three cents. I was like, "Why? Why not?" So I ordered this Black Series <laughs> number fifty three Captain Poe Dameron. I don't have. I'm trying to fill out the Black Series collection. I said, "You know, ten bucks. Why not?" So it showed up in actually just a couple of days. It said it'll be delivered on May twelfth. Three days later, it showed up. So <laughs> pretty good. They're just trying to get rid of this thing, I think. <laughs> <laughs> So that was kind of I finally got back in the figure game. It's it's been a while, but it feels good to have that. Even though this isn't a highly sought after figure, it is nicely padding out the Black Series collection here, as my what I need kind of wanes here, and my focus gets refocused on kind of bigger and brighter. Uh, and with that, you know, Carlos mentioned a few weeks ago getting reacquainted with with old toys. And I had that very similar experience. I've been talking to you guys ever since that last episode or a couple episodes ago when we talked about retro toys and all that. I talked about Jurassic Park, and I finally got the last shelf up, Jurassic Park stuff displayed. Nice. And then I started doing research on what I needed. And, oh, man, <laughs> it's it's really cool to go back because it's a Kenner line. There's the original series, which I have like 90% of, 85% of the stuff. So, And the rest of the stuff's not too hard to get. But there's like this really obscure series two of Jurassic Park from like 94, 95 era. And some of the dinosaurs got released. Some of them are only prototypes. Some of them were on the card backs but never came out and then ended up getting repainted and released with the Lost World line. And so this is like really obscure history to these series two figures and none of the figures or dinosaurs were in any of the films or it was just kenner was thinking about stuff to sell toys and so there's this whole really cool history to kenner jurassic park toys that i had no idea about and now i have a few of the series two stuff and but now i'm like i gotta get into this but i'm trying to find out a way to do it not on ebay so i've been gathering up cards from local distributors call or toy sellers and all that and I'm going to start emailing them and be like, do you have any Jurassic Park stuff? Because I don't, like, I get on eBay and I'm like, hey, I, I could want this figure. It's like, I think I've talked about this for 20 bucks. And then all of a sudden it's $40 to ship it. It's like, I'm not paying 60 bucks for this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so it's craziness. So I got to yeah. figure out a way to, to get that, like, get that collection going without paying more for shipping than I did for the collection. It's insane. It's a pain in the ass. Uh, it's so ridiculous. I don't know if it's like because we're in Canada, but like so many times if you like have like a U.S. address, the shipping isn't even that bad. And then like as soon as it's like Canada, I don't know what they do. It's like, dude, you could ship to Alaska cheaper than you can ship to us. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's a lot easier us. to get to us in Calgary. <laughs> well, and the thing that I've done before, my – my wife's family lives out on the coast and not too far away from the U.S. border, and they have a P.O. box. Everyone has a P.O. box, so sometimes I ship things there. But now I just can't. 
I, and then we go over there every so often to ship a bunch of things and either she drive or whatever. And, but now I don't really have that option anymore, at least for the, the near term. You could dig a tunnel underneath the border. I'm sure that would go over well. And like pop up on the U S side. Boom. You know, like, do you know the Probably majority well. of that border in, on the West coast there is literally just a guardrail. Like, oh really? <laughs> it's like two avenues that go parallel to each other and there's just like a guardrail. There's no fence, there's no guards, there's no nothing. Like you could you could walk over to the other side. I think they have like drones and stuff that fly around, but you could literally just get over the fence. Like you can crash your car on this and flip it into the US and then you'll get taken to a US hospital. That's weird. No, right? no, I can't afford it. Send <laughs> yeah, me back. Right. <laughs> You'd crawl your <laughs> broken ass across the ditch. It's like yeah. just a ditch. But uh and <laughs> yeah, that was a Sunday tangent there, Tim. <laughs> but See, last thing I, I was talking you guys, about, I'm always trying to keep this podcast on track. You guys narrow. are always like pulling it in different directions. You guys are pullers. I'm a tracker. That's right. I thought you were gonna say a pusher. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I comic books. I finally grabs. You're gonna be proud of me. I finally got to Philadelphia issue one. I really enjoyed it. But I will say this: I enjoyed Undiscovered. What is it? Undiscovered Land? What is it? Undiscovered country? Undiscovered country. Country. Sorry. Jeez. I enjoyed that more than the first issue of Philadelphia. The story from Undiscovered Country, I, I think, just hit something in me a bit more. Philadelphia was great. I'm definitely going to be continuing with it. But Undiscovered Country, I liked the concept around the story a bit more. I don't like. Have uh, Carlos? You've read both, right? And Troy, I think, has too. Yes. Haven't you? Yeah. Just Philadelphia for me. Yeah. Uh, about three issues, two issues of Philadelphia for me. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know because his grabs was the way he was explaining it to me. He's like, you're going to like Philadelphia for sure at the gate. You're going to love it. He said he had a little harder time getting into undiscovered country. And so I went in with that same expectation that I was going to basically run that, that same route as grabs did with having a harder time with undiscovered country and just like getting into Philadelphia, not wanting to stop. And it's not a knock on Philadelphia by in any sense of the me. And these are all, these are both image comics for those that don't know. And I'm a Marvel guy and I've, I haven't expanded my, my, <laughs> my reading list in, like 10 years and this is the first time i'm doing this and i'm loving it but uh i, I i'll probably do strange adventures and undiscovered country before getting deeper into philadelphia for sure i don't know that's just kind of it's it seemed weird but at least from the way grabs is explaining it but uh, i'm digging all three but i'm definitely digging the, the first two a bit more nice nice yeah it's it's enjoyable to get back in the cool. comics for sure cool you um so sorry, yeah. So Philadelphia, it's uh, the story of killer robots set in Philadelphia. Um, they were born and raised on a playground. They spent most of their days. <laughs> there you go, <laughs> Sanjay, oh, bring it home. <laughs> All right, guys, let's get in to some of this news that we got to cover off for this week. And we're started off on kind of a down note. San Diego Comic Con 2020, the nexus of nerd. This is where we have a ton of panels. DC was promising to come back in a big way. Marvel Studios showed back up last year. We often get quite a few toy reveals from Hasbro at this, Lego, everything. It's not happening this year. They officially canceled San Diego Comic-Con International and said they will be coming back next year, July 22nd through 25th of 2021. Now, this is the right move for sure. This is a 120,000 plus person event. It's not happening in July, but I think the thing that I, I like, it's not like we're going or anything like that, but I think the thing for me that gets me is like, 
what happens to everything that they want to reveal there? And I'm thinking like a bit selfishly with regards to the toys in that. Do you think they're going to be doing any sort of digital SDCC where they have some interviews with some people, toy reveals, these type of things? You know, what about all those exclusives that they had planned that Hasbro had planned from SDCC? Is there going to be some sort of raffle draw online for those? Like, look, I just watched with my family on the weekend the Disney sing-along and what they're able to do from home is unbelievable. And like, and so it's very feasible to me to at least bring some of this content, you know, with guys, especially guys like James Gunn and that, who's been very vocal doing watch alongs, ask him anything type things on, on Instagram and all that, you know, Derrickson did a, a Dr. Strange watch along. They're doing an Anthony Joe Russo infinity war watch along. So these guys are out there. Like, like Carlos, do you think it's, it's possible that some of this content could come to us in the same form that, that we're seeing already with regards to them sitting and being interviewed remotely. Let's get some content. Let's do some digital or some, you know, raffle prizes. We'll eat Momelia, whatever Star Wars exclusive we had. Do you think that is something that is feasible right now? I think definitely yes. And kind of no at the same time. I think that they'll probably back on all the TV stuff and all the things that are in limbo for being able to get released. But as far as your toy products and um, merchandise reveals that aren't tied to things that are looking for a cinematic release, I think we'll definitely be able to see some of those things get teased out and maybe partner with Amazon and um, do exclusive releases through them or another retailer with a wide distribution network and... Yeah, so I, I think we'll get that stuff, but I think they'll hold some of those movie reveals yeah. for things that are uh, close to the chest. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's it's that's going to be the difficult part here. We're going to talk about it in a few minutes about all the kind of change of releases as we're trying to keep pace with this. And you're right, like trying to trying to reveal things that have an undetermined or a, you know shaky release date as it is. It's going to be really difficult. Like, are we going to see a trailer for anything? Like, because that's the thing that I'm missing, right? You know, can these guys even cut trailers with the footage that they have to try to pump things? Is there enough Falcon and Winter Soldier footage to cut a trailer? I don't know. Like, can they do a short 30-second thing? It's just that hype building. It's just I'm feeling already like, you know, we go through the year, especially doing the podcast, where we have all this content coming at us. It's like this perpetual excitement cycle. And July is usually a big one. And now it's not coming. And that's, you know... Mm -hmm being a bit selfish in the sense that I, I kind of love and want this content, but it, it just, it's, it's, I guess a bit painful to see that, you know, the reality of the situation is, is that all this stuff is changing quite dramatically. And, you know, Troy, like, do you think that it's possible that Hasbro is going to give us those, those star Wars exclusives in some capacity? Like I, I think an online raffle or at least in the same capacity they did, they did celebration in the past or essentially like if you had a ticket, hell you enter into this and you could win yourself a, you know, whatever exclusives are going to do for the 40th of, of star Wars or empire strikes back. Yeah. I think a raffle system would be pretty cool. Probably the best case scenario um, in a situation like this. Um, it's tough, man. Yeah. I agree with Carlos. I think like it's going to be hard for the movie stuff to kind of promote what kind of content they had coming up to the pipeline. So that'll probably be on pause, but I mean, for like action figures and stuff like that, we'll probably, you know, maybe get some Hasbro pulse stuff going yeah. on there. Um, Maybe McFarlane might have. I don't know McFarlane's site. I don't know how that works. I never bought anything off his site, so I don't know if he's going to have some stuff going on. I know he's really big in the Kickstarter game right now with the uh, re-release of his first uh, Spawn figure. So maybe he'll dip more into that with uh, other content of his figures coming out. Yeah. Um, 
for San Diego Comic Con itself, though, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't even see Comic Con return to San Diego. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if next year it's Vegas. There's been talks that they wanted a bigger venue. I heard it's. I mean, Sunny, you've been there yourself, so you would probably know. But I heard it gets quite crowded. I've been hearing talks oh, that Vegas was kind goodness. of the the spot that they were looking into. So last year might have been the last year there. Maybe. I mean, very well could be returning to San Diego next year. But yeah, um, yeah it's tough. And, and and then for the comics itself. Um, I don't know what they do with that because we're still on the shaky grounds with the distributors and yeah. things being digital. So, uh, yeah, man, it's it's crazy, man. Yeah, it it's seems all, that all this stuff's affected. Yeah, it seems like they were just going to go to like an individual Instagram, Twitter style of event of release. Like this is the way the news is coming out now. And, yeah. you know, Marvel's been good in the past with building their own hype and using their own platforms to actually release news. And that's the thing that I want a little bit is that excitement to build like, Oh, Mar- like Marvel or whomever DC come out and say, Hey, you know, on the th- you know, 20th of July, we're going to tell you something big and just do yeah. that. Like build something like build to an event. And it doesn't yes. need to be, I we don't need to have a physical presence, but like we can all sit and we're all going to sit on our computers. I do this anyways. When yeah. San Diego comic con is going on, it's I sit on my computer and wait for everything to pop up. Yeah. So it's a Sunday. What do you what do you think of this, man? You you're I, yeah. You and Carlos are the only ones that have been down to SCCC yeah, in in any way. Do you think this is you know going off Troy a little bit? Like, do you think this could be the last year for SCC? They said they were returning the following year to to San Diego, mm-hmm. I believe. And yeah, they yeah. are. They did confirm that. So is this is this something that you see changing for the long term? Um, you know, man, I really hope they stay in San Diego. Like if this thing goes to Vegas, I know Vegas has more experience hosting these events, but uh, going down the one year I went down, it was pretty incredible to see like the whole city embrace Comic-Con. Like, um, streets had like signs put up of like, they had like Black Panther on one side and Spider-Man on the other. And like restaurants had special menus that like, they renamed their stuff to like fit with superheroes and like the hotels and stuff were all set up. And I feel like in Vegas, it would kind of just become another thing and get lost in the shuffle. You know, it'd be like, okay, this week we're doing Comic-Con next week's a car show the next week's whatever they do in Vegas. Right. Like they never tell me it just stays there. So, um, in terms of like what they're going to be doing going forward or for this year, I'm kind of with you. Like you can totally build an event, um, around that time and just release a trailer kind of like what they did with like wonder woman 84 like that wasn't on anything specific as maybe it was i can't remember yeah, but in I, sao paulo brazil that was based around uh, that. okay yeah but like we were we weren't following that con we were all like moving my house and we just stopped and looked oh, yeah. at it and <laughs> yeah <laughs> and like I think it would be kind of cool i don't know if they like will do this but i think it'd be a neat idea if like they're like dc's like okay we're going to drop, say, like, I don't know, the the Suicide Squad trailer because they have, like, a ton of footage, right? But here's the thing. Everyone who wants to see it pays $1. Every money, every proceed goes to, like, relief efforts and, like, mm-hmm. paying frontline workers and stuff. And then Marvel does the same thing. And then, like, it, and whatever other trailers, like uh, Sony or whoever else is going to put out a trailer – and I think that'd be kind of like a nice way because like $1 to one person, yeah, and you get to see it then forever. Whatever, $1, you know, you're good. Um, and then it'll raise a lot of money. And I think it would kind of be like a neat little competition too 
between like Marvel and DC people. Like, I think they'd be like, what Black Widow's at 50 million? It's like, all right, Suicide Squad, we got to get like 52 million. And I, and then like Sony will be like, Venom's got to get 60 million. And it just like keep like bidding each other up. I think that'd be kind of cool. Like if I was running San Diego Comic-Con, that's what I would do. Um, but yeah, I totally think like it, it, it is a bummer, but it is totally the right move. Like as Troy said, that thing is so crowded, like, and it's so hot and so sweaty and like you're just like bumping shoulders and it's it's insane like yeah. it is the most like crowded place and like it is like honestly it is a little overwhelming like i went one day by myself and like i consider myself a veteran of the con circuit and i think like san diego like chewed me up a bit because like by the end i was a little bit frazzled because like i didn't really like plan anything and i was just kind of like running around with a chicken with my head cut off and it was like closing soon and i had been there for like eight hours and like you know i was getting a little bit hangry and grumpy so i was like i gotta eat something and so it, it is like a crazy experience and i really want to go back there one more time and i really hope it's in san diego because i said like vegas they would just get lost in the shuffle but san diego they really go above and beyond to like promote this and like cater to people there and so i hope i hope it stays in san diego i hope it stays there forever because Man, it, it's it's a, it's a cool place. It's a cool yeah, place. Well, if you've never been, check it out. Definitely there next year. And, you know, this really sets a major precedent now. Like, this is likely going to bleed into the fact that Celebration is going to be postponed or canceled this year. New York Comic Con is probably going to be canceled this year. And so that whole concert is going to go away. And so they've got to replace it with something. So it's going to be an interesting space to watch to see how they move their marketing around to adapt to this and not have these footholds in this you know yearly circuit that people are anticipating and expecting these type of releases and so i think we're going to see a lot lot more things be siloed into the individual studios and them doing their own events but i'm looking forward to what they can see what they can do digitally from this point forward and uh yeah it's gonna be crazy space to watch but um moving on here guys Venom, everyone's favorite franchise. Everyone on this podcast's favorite franchise. This is like another Shazam review, <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah, and I, I clearly fall on, on Troy's side here. That's for sure. <laughs> okay, we all can't be perfect like myself. That's very true. We we can't all have you know impeccable In my eyes, tastes. I'm perfect. I know, I know. I think I think I have swell taste. You do very swell taste. <laughs> but Venom, <laughs> this is a movie that was anticipated to come out this year, I believe leave falling in the october space of this year october 2nd the main sequel is meant to come yeah and uh sony has announced that that has been pushed to june 25th 2021 and that also comes with a name change venom let there be carnage so you know really leaning into woody harrelson's (laughs) red-headed unfortunate (laughs) red-headed character (laughs) at this point should have been called like carnage home or something <laughs> yeah so the interesting thing there we got date change the, these are these seem almost inevitable at this point we've got a, a title update but also this falls into only a couple weeks out of spider-man 3 so this is the untitled sequel to spider-man far from home set in the mcu and this is also i believe rubbing shoulders oh no it's about three months out from morbius but do you think that, like, Troy, you're the Spider-Man guy. You know, yeah, you, you're our, our dude here on the cast. Do you think this being released so close to Spider-Man 3, do you think that's actually going to happen? You know, we haven't heard much on what's going on with Spider-Man 3. 
Mm-hmm. The it's still slated for that July sixteenth release date. You know, and and then what do you make of this title, Let There Be Conch, other than the complete obvious? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, to go with the Spider-Man thing, it's kind of funny. They've kind of with this whole situation, to me, at first glance, I was kinda of like, Oh right, shoot, like maybe Spider-Man is gonna be connected to this film, right? Which which would be cool. I mean, I'm down with it now, but at the same time, it's kind of like they've been able to go back to the first Venom and have the whole crowd speculate, like, is Spider-Man going to be in this movie? Because a, a huge uh, part of that audience was hoping Spider-Man was going to pop up. And then after seeing that film, I think it was kind of clear that this is completely separate from the MCU. Mm-hmm. But by them placing it here so close to Spider-Man um, Part 3, it kind of gets us back on heels again, thinking, like, well, could Spider-Man possibly pop up again in this film? So um, I'm not too sure. Um, you know, we'll ha- I think it all lays in Morbius. I think that's going to be kind of the determining factor, because that's the one that showed us the most connective tissues to the Homecoming franchise. To the, the Raimi of- franchise. Well, I mean, we see the Vulture, right? True. The Vulture yeah, pops true, up, true, true. which is um, played by uh, the Batman, the Birdman, Michael Keaton. And um, we do see we do see the Sam Raimi's Spider-Man PS4 um, poster in the background. So who knows what's going to happen with that? The title for me, man, I think in this case, you should have gone Venom Maximum Carnage. Like, just take yeah. it back to the comics. I think yeah. Venom uh, Let There Be Carnage is, is a little not really a mouthful, but it's just doesn't really flow well. No. So um, I think it'd just be, yeah, Maximum Carnage would have been cool. Uh, um, really hope we see some kind of... Um, better look for Woody Harrelson's um, Cassidy because he he just yeah just just didn't work for me at all. <laughs> looks like he just you showed know, up on set and was like, like which red wig am I oh, here's the red wig I brought it from <laughs> home it's <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. someone get the mop yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um yeah man you, you know what though I am kind of getting excited though I think Sony is actually kind of had like I wasn't a fan of the first one by any means but that that Morbius uh, trailer man it really got me excited for this Sony verse and you know again we've seen that connective tissues with Spidey possibly and then if he does pop in this Venom movie man huh, let there be carnage let Whoa. there be carnage <laughs> now Carlos you've been reading or you've read Venom here and you're familiar with carnage and all that you know to to Troy's point, I agree that let there be carnage. It just there's something about it that just doesn't flow. It almost seems like you know when they give movies that you know fake name as they're filming. <laughs> it yeah, seems like that totally. to me. <laughs> and like something like Maximum Carnage or whatever. Like what do you what's your take on the on the release date here as well as the the title? Kind of pulling a bit from your comic knowledge too. Well, the release date feels inevitable. It's just the mm. reality of things. I I was looking forward to this one. Um, kind of like Troy was saying, like for whatever reason, the Sony Spider-Man universe is one of the franchises that has me the most um, curious as to where they're going to take things and how it's going to play out and everything else. As far as the title goes, like I loved that stinger at the end of the first Venom with Woody wearing that carrot top wig and (laughs) there's going to be carnage. Like, and I love it because it's unintentionally hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) It just it's so slappy. So um yeah, I don't I don't know why they just didn't call it Venom colon Carnage. Like Maximum Carnage is even like the title they went with is crazy on the nose. Yeah. Maximum Carnage a little less so, but it's still I don't know, it feels kind of dated and cheesy. Like they they beat that like a dead horse, right? Because there was the animated adaptation and the video game and the the red cartridges that never end. Oh yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm 
I didn't love the first movie by any stretch of the imagination. Like it's one of those where it was held up by the sheer force of will of Tom Hardy and the <laughs> creature looking kind of cool. But uh, yeah, let's let's see what they do. I, I know when Troy came to my place the first time, like I had a cool idea for how they could integrate it all. It's not gonna play out that way but i think if they had a movie where it's venom chasing carnage because they're both in san francisco right now and they have him chasing carnage across the united states and they end up in new york and then they tease spider-man at the end and yeah. then you could have um the third movie being spider-man and venom teaming up to take a carnage oh my God. yeah and then so well like i told troy like maybe halfway through Venom goes down, Spidey goes down, and Symbiote leaves Eddie and bonds with Peter. Then you get some black suit action. And oh. Do do that for a bit, and then, uh, yeah, dispatch Carnage and have Eddie versus Peter, and you could have a bit of that uh, rivalry between the two of them or, or whatever it is. It's pretty unique, right, where the Symbiote is trying to just wants to be with Peter because he's the powerful one but has better symbiosis with Eddie and... Off you go, but that's going to be what we get. And they, they didn't hire me for this, so <laughs> we're going uh, to have to let there be carnage. <laughs> Very much so. The more and more we say it, the more and more it feels like an animated Spider-Man title for an episode. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 Part one of two, yeah. <laughs> so, Sonny, man, you are, again, it, it seems that you, you're the forever optimist and just a man of good taste you are impeccable like i said earlier so you really enjoyed venom one now loved it th this title the release date you know i don't think there's much more that can be said about it except for june 25th 2020 you're going to be there for it so absolutely so what do you think about uh let there be carnage um you know i probably would have done like venom v carnage dawn dawn of carnage i think that <laughs> would have been like a pretty good title um <laughs> if I'm being Dawn honest. of Carnage would have been fantastic. <laughs> right? That would have been great. <laughs> um, yeah, man, the title, it is what it is. Like, you know, it doesn't beat around the bush. It's telling you, look, we have Venom, we have Carnage. They're going to punch. They're going to smash. Let there be Carnage. You know, it's kind of be like, I don't, I can't think of any another, another example, but like as like a byline or like a second title line. Like I guess it it works, but like it just it just pretty like straightforward, you know. Like there's no like metaphor or anything to this one. It's just like yeah, let there be carnage, man. Well, I think Let's they could just have they had her. Could have made the same point in less words. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. even like you're saying, Carl's like Venom colon Carnage. Like that mm -hmm. it's straightforward. I get the same thing out of it in three less words i don't know but you know what you don't get is you don't get woody harrelson in that red mat in that red wig popping into the back of your head <laughs> because i cannot see or say that title exactly true i guess it brings you to something <laughs> oh so well let there be carnage indeed i i think it's going to be interesting to see if this release window stays I, I'm happy that they're giving or they're coming to the realization that, yeah, we need to give this some space. We're not going to release this in October or whatever. 
I'm hoping that means that, you know, and we talked about this before about them taking their time with Morbius and Venom is let's put the time, the effort into to this. A lot of these are likely going to sit on the shelf for quite some time complete before we start even seeing trailers because that's the other thing that we're going to miss. Like, are we going to get another Venom trailer this year you know and it's and it's interesting too because usually the title's set like this was actually supposed to come in october we've seen the first trailer and the title wasn't set yet like it's, it's a bit funny but anyways i guess we've seen that 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 reveal with infinity war and all that kind of stuff before an end game we saw a venom trailer this year didn't we no we didn't that was old venom trailer that was a morbius yeah. trailer we saw I was yeah. so confused. I was like, shit, man. I totally forgot. Man, life blends into this giant blob now, man. I don't know if I'm coming or going half the time. <laughs> Sometimes I'll, I'll phone my mom. I'll be like, when was the last time we talked? Because I'm pretty sure we talked today, but it could have been yesterday or the day before. But my days are just all in one smack. I don't know. <laughs> Everything seems. But I get in these two mixed up, Morbius and Venom. But I don't know. Let's see. It's 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 really what this is really doing is is compressing 2021 and we 2021 and we talked about this two weeks ago into this like really giant year for comic book movie films and almost a release. You know, even before these films got pushed, we had a release almost every single month. And now we're seeing, you know, Morbius going into that. I think it's a March. Is that March? March slot. And we've got Venom going into this July slot. This adds up with Eternals, Shang-Chi and Spider-Man in the first half of the year for the MCU suicide squad coming out in August. I think the, this is a new release date. Correct me if I'm wrong guys for Batman, right? October 1st, 2021. Yeah. Cause it from June, June. Yeah. And then we've got, uh, Dr. Strange multiverse madness in November and then black Adam in December. So this is, this is a humongous year, 2021. And these all seem to be falling. Like we've got, like I said, almost a film a month. And Carlos, man, I'm so sorry that you have to wait an extra couple months to see the Batman, but all for good reason. And I think we're still going to get just an epic film out of this, but it does hurt to see some of these moving. But next year is going to be a wild year, guys, for reviews. I feel like we're going to be at it once a month for the foreseeable future. This doesn't include if Disney Plus, if HBO Max series are coming out as well, and we're touching on those. So it's going to be expensive for steel books, tell you that much. Yeah, tell me about it, especially with four <laughs> MCU films. <laughs> yeah. be the Batman, the Batman so film is dope. Oh, yeah. The oh, man, I'm going to get like yeah. six Steelbooks. I don't even care. Just one cool. from every continent. <laughs> the Antarctic <laughs> Special with Edition. That, with the new logo embossed in it. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh, that was man. nice. But with Venom moving, does that mean Spider-Man's going to get pushed? Because three weeks on two big tentpoles from the same studio. Yeah, I, I guess don't think quite that July because it's had the July spot for a while. Like that's kind of a staple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a Spider-Man staple. I don't know. Like, does Spider-Man blink and move? And you're right because I guess in my mind it's a Marvel Studios, but it's not. It's a Sony film. Hmm. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. all the money goes into Sony's pocket, right? So why would not all of it, it anymore? Yeah. themselves so, unless, unless if it is. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> unless if it is connected, then you're gonna have that audience watching both films like crazy. Oh, that would be, be wild. Nuts. Absolutely That'd be wild. Nuts. Yeah. crazy days ahead for sure for the comic book movie slate like we said in the past and like we said going forward we're going to continue to keep a figure on this because it's changing almost as the podcast ends is we're going to see a new release date for something it's happening that fast it seems at times and now shifting shifting our focus here guys over to dc comics you know you guys are big big fans of dc comics I'm moving that way. I got my first. I got my my foot wet a little bit here with with Strange Adventures and that. But it seems that we're going to 
at least DC at this point, is going to a new distributor, at least a new distributor platform, and how they're moving their comic books to the masses. So we talked a couple weeks ago about Diamond Distributors and them basically ending all distribution for the foreseeable future due to the, the circumstances that everyone is dealing with. Now, what DC has done and what Marvel and I believe all comics have or comic producers have done is they halted all releases from the 1st to the 15th at a minimum, I believe. And DC, I know for sure. Any titles that were solicited for the 1st to the 15th were delayed. And so any any retailers or whatever comic book shops were going to resubmit for those, and those were going to come out a couple weeks delayed. Now, what DC is doing, and I'm going to need your help here, guys, just kind of sorting a little bit of this out, but what DC seems to be doing is they're moving away from Diamond, which had more or less a monopoly on the distribution of comic books to retailers. And they're picking up with two other, Lunar and UCS Comics, which I believe are subsidiaries of Midtown Comics, which most people should be familiar with, and Discount Comic Book Service. And what they're doing, it seems, is that they're releasing comic books through them and kind of getting to the market in that sense. And it seems like they're going to be more of kind of this direct-to-consumer type of comic book where you're ordering the comic book from them and it's skipping the brick and mortar and coming straight to you. So there's quite a few of these set up. Like you can have comic book pull lists that come in the mail and you know quite a few people grabs and, and Kyle from Tumbling Sarah both have these. But it seems, and we were talking about this a little bit before and, and I'm gonna throw this to you, Carlos, that they're setting up for what could be the future of comic book distribution and kind of, I wouldn't say cutting out the middleman, but getting more of that direct to consumer with the physical copies. And this seems to be a step in that direction where they're moving away from Diamond, who just ships, I believe, directly to your comic book shops, your retailers and all that. And this now is going to have the ability to get it shipped to your front door. So, Carlos, did I did I sum that up reasonably well and kind of pull on that point, too, that we talked about just before we got the show kicked up here about your thoughts about what this could be setting up for the future? Yeah, like you're right in saying that Diamond did have a monopoly on the industry and as the sole exclusive distributor for all the, the big boys, shops were stuck, consumers were stuck. So I know as far back as like the end of last um there was speculation that DC was moving away from the exclusivity with Diamond and going to have a couple of different retail channels. And so I think this is just a unfortunate timing thing but i think mm. that setting up these alternative channels was something that was going to be inevitable for dc to do and the other thing too is that with the books that dc is trying with um these two new retailers while diamond is still in hiatus and while a lot of shops are still closed is it it's a very small smattering of books and it's a, a lot of kind of like the 80 page or the 100 page giant stuff that they were doing at Walmart yeah. and a few reprints and things of that nature. Um, so it's you're not going to be missing out on Strange Adventures number two or uh, the next issue of Batman or anything of that nature. It's going to be some just kind of niche products just to get feet wet for retailers that are going to be dipping in with these new distributors. It'll give them a chance to um, get the ordering system down and mm -hmm. establish the relationships and stuff like that. So I, I think long-term it's, it's something that was always in the works and honestly, like more competition in the marketplace is definitely going to be um, beneficial to everybody. So yeah, I, I know they took a bit of, they they took their bumps with this one just the timing of the announcement yeah. and the state of the 
the brick and mortar industry right now. But um, yeah, something's gonna give, and you know, at the same time, you have Jim Lee like pumping out these amazing pieces of art every day and yeah, giving fantastic. that money straight. Yeah, straight to shop owners. So uh, they're doing what they can, but also moving for the best, like the interest of the company too. So yeah, for sure, uh, it's 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 such an interesting space to watch. And you know, it even says that DC is changing their new comic book day for their titles. At least, I guess from this perspective, from Wednesday to Tuesday, <laughs> which is which is crazy. You know, it's the Wednesday Warriors, man. That's been a staple for forever. And, and so I guess this is to sync things up a little bit more here. But, um, you know, Troy, Sanjay, like, what are you guys thinking about this this change? You know, and I, I you know, going off Carl, uh, Carlos's point there, I almost said Carlton's point, <laughs> Carlos's point <laughs> about this, you know, being unfortunate circumstances. And, you know, is this going to drive you guys away from the brick and mortars? Are you going to try to do something that comes to your house? Or are you going to, you know, maybe pick some of this stuff up you know, piecemeal as we go through here, like Carl said, you know, as they ease into things like this and then really just return back to the, the way things were, you know, Sonny, like wh- how you feeling about this, this change here? Yeah, man. Um, to be honest with you. So are they going to be, they're not going to be releasing new titles, right? They're just kind of like, not like Batman, but like another like title, like Batman. Is that correct? Or none of the key titles are going to be coming out. So yeah. there'll be like a Batman page giant, like those ones that were coming out. Right, right. Okay, um, yeah. There's a couple of reprints yeah. too. Like I think that hard one, you can get the, was it Batman 90 or 89, oh, the one that has Joker's right. main squeeze? Or new one? Yeah, um, I think they're doing a couple of those reprints, yeah. Okay, yeah, man. Um, Like, I don't know. I kind of like going to the store to like peruse the different copies and like trying to find the best one. And, like, just seeing, like, what else is out there. And, like, just taking a lap around the store and seeing, like, okay, what's on sale? What figures do they have? You know, oh, that's interesting. Maybe I'll pick that up for my daughter. I'll see what's on sale, like, what's in the dollar bin and whatnot. Um, so, to be honest with you, I probably won't be using this. And, um, you know, if you if you do, that's cool, too. No, no hate. Um, I just, you know, I just... It's just like a habit, right? I've been doing this. Oh, yeah, it's great. Uh, for eight eight years now, right? Like, um, and it, it's like just something that you just always do, and it's just like a nice little, um, nice little like uh, thing that you do. Like I remember, Tim, like part of our friendship really blossomed when we would walk to the comic shop and we would just shoot the shit for like, yeah, I don't know, that's what it was, like, it was like an hour. It was like half an hour there, half an hour back at lunchtime at work and like this podcast wouldn't exist if it wasn't for that right and then we were just kind of just like one day we're like oh we should do this absolutely um so in terms of like using the service no i'll probably like hold off you know um if things change i'll have to reevaluate but as of right now i think it's nice that they're offering this if you want it sure options are always good so if you want it you can take it if you don't want it you don't have to take it. It's all good. Well, that's the thing. You're, you're left with a choice still at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And there's the digital route. There's the distribution route, you know, changing times here a little bit. And then there's, you know, just wait it out into the brick and mortar. And I think all options are viable. And it's great that they have these services in place for individuals that don't have brick and mortar comic book shops. We're fortunate enough here in the city that, you know, we've got a handful, you know, at our fingertips. You know, all of us are relatively close to shops. We have relationships with shop owners and all that that we've maintained throughout the years of just dumping 
bucket loads of money into their laps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, you know you have a problem when you get invited to the comic shop guy's wedding. Well, you paid for it, Carlos. <laughs> all those hot toys, all those figures, you practically paid for the wedding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Put a kid uh, through college. Desserts are sure. on me. Yeah. <laughs> One place I'd like to see comics come back, um, and I don't know if they are, I haven't really looked, was at the grocery stores. Like and this wasn't even that long ago, but I remember when Silver uh, Civil War was going on, and I didn't really read that many comics at the time, but I was just buying groceries one day, and I like looked in the uh, magazine bin, and it's like Civil War, and I think it was like Spider Man taking off his mask or something, and I was just like, what? Like this kind of interesting. Let's see what's going on here. So I just totally picked it up out of the blue. So. Um, you know, and I guess DC's doing that with Walmart. So, yeah. like, the more options you get, you know, the more you could hook a reader, I guess, is, is and the thing. I, I think the value of those, and I believe we spoke about this in the past, is, like, those giant size issues in Walmart. And I do stuff like that, that it's not a key issue. It's not a Batman issue. It's not a, a cap issue or whatever. It's just something to be, get people interested in reading comic books. And then you drive people towards the comic book shops. You know, the films have been great for that. But here's another avenue for that. And, you know, they've done stuff where they pair a comic book up with a figure, for kids and all that they did this recently with star wars too and so it's kind of an interesting avenue to to take that's for sure and i and i love it you'll get more people in the shop but troy man let, let's cap this discussion yeah. off is is your consumption of compost going to change in any form you know given that we're likely to go through some sort of forced evolution in how we consume comic books you know whether it is physical digital or order freight straight to our front step yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty much with uh, with Sunny on this one. I I love going to the shop, and um, I'll probably just stick it out. I'll continue yeah. going to the stores. And um, the thing is, though, which is which is kind of neat, is with the the switch up of the dates with uh, DC now coming out on a Tuesday. That'll be really interesting to see because you'll you might get more people, more consumers in the shops now because you'll have the people coming in for a Tuesdays. You'll have people coming in for another date, whatever Marvel picks. Maybe Marvel stays with Wednesdays. Maybe they get another date, but I don't see them landing on the same day as as DC. So my, me, myself, I'll be going to the comic shop on a Wednesday now and on a Tuesday because I do consume both DC and our Marvel. So it might catch my eye. I might end up spending more money at these stores now just because I might see some more things that I wouldn't see necessarily on the, the same day when they all are released. Mm -hmm. So um, it's kind of an interesting I, idea. I uh, I like it. I want to see if it sticks. I want to, you know, yeah, see if that lands any longer. But um, yeah, man, with uh, with Sunny here, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go to my local shops all day every day. Yeah, me too. I, yeah. I hear you guys. Yeah. Not. Yeah. I'll be interested yeah. to see if they keep this. Like, I don't know if this is just like for this service. It's Tuesdays now, or if that actually extends is going to be kind of this broad sweeping change that they have. Mm -hmm. Like, I personally, I don't love the idea of it because if you are like a Marvel DC reader or whatever, I, I, I unfortunately don't have the chance to get to the shop twice. I have a hard enough time getting there once in a week. And so do you miss yeah. it on key issues that are difficult to get that come out in the same day because you had to go Tuesday, but you can't make it. So I, I, it would be interesting to see if, if there's a need to, to separate these out. So I, it, it's kind of an interesting concept. It's like a mainstay, right? To, to change <laughs> things up and just to see if it's temporary and this seems to be, I don't know if this is as a result of how things are being distributed to make sure that things sync up nicely. But uh, it's, it's, again, it's going to be something that, like you said, Carlos, that seemed to be planned a little further in advance. But with the timing and all that, it's 
this seems to be the way the world that, that it's going to more of this this consumption or at least this more personalized consumption of or at least acquiring items you know with amazon with digital consumption which we're going to talk about here in a second and also the comic books moving a little bit in that direction so i it's it's i think we have to watch this space a little closer because i'm not sure the full details are really ironed out yet as to what this exactly is going to be i think it's nice like you mentioned again carlos that it's breaking up that monopoly that diamond had and that now we have a couple of different distributors which is going to drive competition which always makes everything better at the end of the day and i, I think that's that's really important but I can't remember. Do, do movies come out on Tuesdays too, though? Movies yeah. do they come, come out on Tuesdays, yeah. So that's kind of interesting. That's going to be competing you know, with with the movies, right? You got the what movies, am I going to do? <laughs> well, because then it wasn't a back in the day like music came out on like Wednesdays. Movies were Tuesdays. Comic books were Wednesdays. And film releases are Thursday nights or Fridays. Thursday, Thursday night, Friday yeah. nights, right? Yeah. So, we need yeah. something for Mondays, and and the nerd rooms on Thursdays too. The drop nerd room right? is so. every Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes earlier than not. They coincide with your thirsty Thursdays. Well, it's it's funny because just going back and behind the curtains, when we first started the podcast, we said, okay, we're going to release it every single Wednesday. And that's going to be, yeah. you know, when, because it's going to sync up with Wednesday, new comic book day and all this. And then it became unrealistic to record on Tuesday and release on Wednesday every single week. <laughs> Sometimes we yeah. do a late recording where we record on Wednesday and it kind of just, like I spent a little bit more time at night to drop it up on for Thursdays. Because like, again, behind the curtains, I usually drop it on very late on Wednesday night so that it has time to upload to, to Apple. Because if you don't drop it early enough, it doesn't fall into Apple for non-subscribers the new episode until later on the day that there whatever the refresh rate is like every 12 hours so i want to make sure that everything is picked up so it's funny because we record our reviews they're usually the easiest to edit because it's just an opinion where this is kind of sometimes we're up and down a little bit but anyways oh yeah i remember the first episode we did i think i spent four or five hours editing it trying to like just like doing all this stuff and then i'm just like this is this is incredible. It takes like, like I'm, I was like it... after 216 episodes I'm a lot or 215 episodes I'm a lot better at just letting things I, go. I try to slip in swears just to see if you're paying attention and listen to the whole episode. Like just just like just talking about Spider-Man and I'll be like boob and then I'll be like oh what was that? Oh can, nothing nothing. I consider this a uh pg-13 where you know you get one f-bomb if you really want like a real x-men <laughs> the x-men gratuitous yeah. use of an f-bomb <laughs> you can say a few things like goddamn batman and not get in trouble <laughs> <laughs> so our last topic for this week guys is uh is digital media digital consumption of particularly films and i just want to talk around some of the space and some of the things that are coming out and this new digital world that we're living in, you know, we're seeing things and we've seen things. This isn't a direct result of what's going on right now, but we've seen things really move digitally with the release of things like Disney Plus, Apple Plus, which no one's watching, Netflix, you know, really changing the game. <laughs> what was the one, Carlos, you were telling us about oh the other God. day? Quibble? What was it? Quibby. Quimby? Quibby. Quibby. Yeah. Quibby. Hot. What? Garbage. What was that show you you showed us a show okay with Anna Kendricks oh. and a sex doll and, and and they go across America to like and the sex doll talks weird yeah it's like the weirdest version of Thelma and Louise you'll ever see yeah. or an adult version of Toy Story Jeez. yeah yeah <laughs> so, so do you think like in Toy Story sex dolls have to be alive then right because like 
And then Don't that universe. Toy Story for everyone. In that universe, going by canon, they would have to be living sentient creatures. <laughs> I'm just going to let Carlos' laugh. Got nothing. Go <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> See, this is what happens when you said we can push the envelope. I pushed it too far now. Now you've now ruined Toy Story to... for me and my family forever. <laughs> That's all I'm going to yeah, think of now. He's like, what's in that closet? <laughs> what's Andy's mom doing? Oh, my yeah. God. If you want to have a real shock moment, ask Carlos to send you the link to the thing he sent us earlier this week. It is trash. And Anna Kendrick, I consider, you know, a, a good actress. She's been in a lot oh, of. She's nominated for an Academy Award, wasn't she? Yeah, I think so. And like, she's done some good stuff, both comedy and all that. I just watched Trolls too. She's the voice in there, you know. And then this thing, like, I swear I could do better animation on this doll's face, like myself. <laughs> and I have zero experience in anything like it's. And it's the concept. Like, I don't know how she read that script and was like, "This is something I want to do. This is something that's going to really further my career." It's like what she the... needed to uh, repair her swimming pool in her backyard. I don't think she, she like, needs oh, money. I don't think she's hurting for money. Like I might, she might have I some like really bad gambling not, problem. Not need money, right? Like if someone offered me ten million dollars and I had nine million dollars, I'd be like, yeah, sure, why not? I don't know, man. You, you gotta have some like artistic boundaries, I would think, <laughs> in some space. <laughs> yeah, I don't. When I sell out for anything, you should see my commercials that I've been doing. I'm the new sponsor of Slim Jim. Is that why you're? That's why you love every movie. You yeah. chill. <laughs> I only take a check from one company. <laughs> I'm Sanjay, and I endorse this movie. <laughs> Two thumbs up. <laughs> what movie was that? Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, <laughs> digital. It's it's become the way of the world right now. And it's interesting because so the the digital entertainment group, so they just introduced a brand new kind of top 10, top 20 type thing. You know, the same fashion that we look at films from a box office perspective as like the top 10 films of the week. They started, you know, tracking and releasing the stats for things that are purchased online. So things like uh, from iTunes, Voodoo, Fandango, now Amazon Prime. All that kind of stuff. None of the streaming stuff, direct-to-consumer like Disney Plus isn't included in all this. But they've released kind of this this interesting list to see what people are actually watching. And, you know, we've got some mainstays at the top here. You know, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker is number one over the last couple of weeks for most consumed product or most consumed digital product on, on across these platforms. But the next film's... Or uh, I don't know if it's a shock. You know, Troy maybe can comment on this a bit better. But number two is Sonic, followed by Doolittle, then Bad Boys, Jumanji. That wraps out Jumanji the next level. That wraps out your top five. The fact that Sonic is doing much better than even number eight on this list is Birds of Prey. It kind of shocked me. You know, <laughs> Doolittle, maybe this speaks to a lot more of family consumption of this digital media. But it's an interesting list. You know, Call of the Wild is number six here. I believe that's that Harrison Ford movie where he looks like he's just on an acid trip of some sort. <laughs> but um, Han and Chewie. Han, exactly. <laughs> that's it. I was trying to think. I think you made this joke before. It's like Han and Chewie on like an acid. Because we saw this right before Rise of Skywalker, I think, didn't we? Oh, oh yeah. I said the whole, uh, the whole concept behind Star Wars is just this old man and his dog. And he's just dreaming about his adventures in space 
rescuing this princess. Yeah, just looking up at the stars. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. That's it. It's interesting. It's like, and some of these movies I haven't had a chance to get to, right? I want to watch Bad Boys for Life and all that and Jumanji Next Level. But I, I like that they have this this kind of top 20. So it's going to be interesting to see what, what it's going to fall on this list. And if things, like I believe... Now Artemis Fowl is falling onto Disney Plus, so we won't see it on this list. It's not including the streaming service, but there's a few other things that are going to be released out here that are just going to fall on this list. I like watching it's similar sense of the box office, what people are watching. And um, so this is something that we're going to kind of keep our finger on a little bit of the pulse here and just see you know how digital consumption is going and, and what's topping out the charts. But as we kind of skate through this, one of the things that, as, as our digital life kind of continues to evolve here is Disney plus has become a huge thing in my house. I think they're up over 50 million subscribers. So they're doing extremely well, at least for the pace of Disney plus. Now, something that they announced that I am super excited about is the Mandalorian. Yeah. We've, we've watched it. We've raved about it, but now they have, I believe it's a six or an eight episode documentary on the making of the Mandalorian. No, I spoke a few weeks ago about the awesome content on the Rise of Skywalker Blu-ray Steelbook, where it was like that two-hour documentary on putting together the Rise of Skywalker. I absolutely loved it. Now we're getting one episodic release coming out May the fourth. You know, beautiful release date for that on the Mandalorian. You know, we got John Favreau here, cast and crew, kind of sharing this kind of unprecedented look behind the scenes of this you know, probably the most well-received Star Wars piece of media in, you know, in years with the Mandalorian here. So I, I don't know. Troy, did you ever have a chance to check out that Rise of Skywalker documentary? And then what do you think about this new series? It's called Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian. So it looks like this is going to be a continuing series where mm-hmm. Disney Gallery is going to focus on different things. And, you know, the first one out of the gate here is The Mandalorian. So what do you, how do you feel about this? Nice. Oh yeah, totally excited. Um, like we've all mentioned in the past, you know, um, Star Wars, Disney, Fox, even back in the day, they don't hold back whatsoever when it comes to um, extra content behind the scenes footage with their uh, Star Wars property. So uh, this won't be any exception. I mean, yeah, I did check out the uh, Rise of Skywalker one. And again, they didn't hold back. That was some fantastic stuff, man. That was that was cool. I really dug that. Um, so to see what they're going to do, though, behind the scenes here with Dave Filoni. <laughs> oh, man, I can't wait to see all them. Um is it Deborah Chow too, right? She yep. did two of those amazing episodes. So I love to see their mind state of what they were doing um, in this uh, in this series. Because you know, for me, one of the highlights of that Star Wars one actually of Rise of Skywalker was uh, the fight choreographer. Mm-hmm. She was intense. She was awesome. She like, was unreal. Oh, she was so cool. She really got some cool performances out of Ray and and stuff like that. So I mean, I don't know if she was ever did any of the stunt work on this show, but I would love to see some more in depth stuff like that with the Mandalorian. And you said it's going to span from what six to eight episodes or I so. I can't remember the exact episode count, but it's mm-hmm. it's substantial. It's not just like a a one hour thing, right? Right, right. But um, yeah, no, I really want to see um, especially what they did with the last three episodes i thought the lighting and the effects were really cool in episode six when we're getting like the on and off lights yeah. effects where it was really the most batman-esque of uh the mandalorian we've seen so i'd love to see some stuff on that uh the story group just the whole continuity the mindset of what they were doing mm-hmm. and where they where they spawned from did this like will they talk about this kind of spawning from uh josh was it josh frank 
or Josh Josh Tranks, sorry, um, if this spawned from Josh Tranks, um, oh, Boba yeah. Fett film or or Legend stuff or whatever the case is, I just want to see what inspired them to do this. I do know that John Favreau is a huge fan of Boba Fett and the original Star Wars, uh, four, five, six. So I really just want to see a deep dive of how they expanded this whole show and brought it to life on unknown territory. Cause we've never seen a live action Disney yeah. uh, live action star Wars. So uh, man, I'm totally stoked for this. It's yeah. Great. It's going to be awesome. And th- like never before, before I've seen footage, we're going to get interviews. Yeah. We're going to get a round table with Favreau himself and likely some of the directors. He, he headed up the round table for Marvel studios, the MCU, I believe on the infinity war disc. Great stuff. He's great at heading that up. Now, Carlos, you came out, just blazing with regards to Mandalorian. Now, I'm not sure how much exposure, you know, when it comes to stars you've had with kind of the making of, like it's been perpetual since the beginning and there's so many making of Star Wars stuff. They're making this, making that. I've watched as many hours of making of as I have of film, it seems. And I, I just gobble this stuff up. Are you, are you going to be tuning into this? And do you kind of consume or have you had a, a chance to consume the making of Star Wars in any capacity? You know, I, like I, like you said, I love, love, love the Mandalorian. And I'll definitely be checking out that first episode or so where they're talking about the genesis of the project and what their inspirations were and what their goals were with the series. But I won't be watching it in its entirety. I just find those making ofs take away some of the magic mm-hmm. when you see that peek behind the curtain and you, you, you kind of see the puppets with the puppeteers behind them or you see the actors doing their thing in the green screen and then they do those washes and they fill everything in. Um, and I'm like that with everything, like the dark Knight one, I watched it and it ruined the, the bat pod chase for me because I know how they <laughs> shot that squat van. So yeah, it's just, it's just a personal little thing. I, I like the, I like the magic of the movies mm, and I don't, you know, I know enough of how it works, but, um, I find that once that's embedded in my head, much like Sanjay's uh, story theory, you just can't get it over. Like, I ruined it for you, you, so. you don't like to see how the sausage is made is pretty much what you're saying. More or less. Or the sausage come to life when nobody's around. So. <laughs> I like how we pull imagery in a nice thread, a through-going thread through the podcast here. Keep pace. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> now we're gonna invite Sanjay back in for the next part of this conversation because right, you know you're still yet to get that Disney Plus. We're gonna get you there because HBO Max, man, this is a bit more up your alley with regards to content. Now, yeah. Sanjay, if I remember back, you said seven bucks for Disney Plus monthly. It's too much. Too much. How do you mm-hmm. feel about fourteen ninety nine a month for HBO Max? That how much it is? I, I guess, and I'm assuming that's U.S. So I don't know if it's going to be the same here, but yes, son. you know, I'm it does have to drop some channels. Yeah, it does boast up ten thousand hours of content, gone. which is a lot. And they officially announced that it is coming out on May 27th. So okay. our our digital libraries are going to be expanded even more for those that are going to be jumping on to HBO Max. And the interesting thing about about HBO Max is that it's going to come with, you know, of course, that exclusive content. You're going to get a new Looney Tunes cartoon coming for you, a uh, a late night show or not too late night show with Elmo. Sure, whatever. <laughs> that looks so cute. <laughs> yeah, the trailer actually sold me on it. It kind of reminded me of like the Muppets used to have that show, right? Where they would have like yeah. people come in and guests and stuff. So it's pretty similar. I think it would be kind of cool. Yeah, but I think the exciting stuff, at least for me, I'm not sure if I'm going to jump into this right away. 
But we do know that J.J. Abrams, the man behind The Rise of Skywalker, and ran behind a lot of our mystery box movies that we do like Lost, all that. He's got a quite a repertoire when it comes to developing series. He's been hired on in a big way with Warner Brothers, and I think it comes down to really contributing to HBO Max here because he is, and we heard this a couple weeks ago, that he's in development for a live-action Justice League Dark series with HBO Max. We've got, you know, shows coming from Stephen King, you know, The Shining. And they're also working on a Green Lantern and Strange Adventures anthology series for HBO Max. So the question I got for you guys off the top here is, you know, what are your thoughts? You know, focusing really down, we can talk a little bit about HBO Max and whether or not you're going to get it. But we're going we're gonna to focus in on what they're developing here on the DC side of things. You know, DC in the same fashion as the MCU, same fashion as really everything, is taking the chance to expand its ability and its really visibility across platforms for their content, for their intellectual property. Now, Justice League Dark, Green Lanterns, these are both supposed to be big live-action films, and now they're seemingly finding some space on this direct-to-consumer subscription service. Does this change things for those big screen adaptations? Are these part of a universe? Like, Sunny, what are your thoughts on HBO Max here in general? And then dig down a little bit deeper here into what they're developing and what this means for DC going forward. Yeah, man. HBO Max, like, it sounds pretty interesting. Um, definitely more my type of stuff. Um, in terms of, like, like, nothing against, like, um, Disney Plus and whatnot. I'll probably get it eventually, uh, but this this is like the DC content. This is what I'm here for. So, um, in terms of that, yeah, HBO Max. I'm all there for that. Um, how does this change the game for DC? You know, the name of the game is content, and Warner Brothers knows DC is probably their most reliable or their best IP at this point. Um, Harry Potter's kind of run its course. Um, Fantastic Beasts are coming out, but that's kind of it. Um, and the Hobbit movies and the Lord of the Rings, kind of same thing. Um, we had great film series, um, but there's not much to like continue after because they're based on books that are no longer publishing. Whereas DC Comics is publishing every week. Um, so in terms of like Justice League Dark and Green Lantern, I'm not going to lie, I'm a little disappointed if we only get them as TV series. Um, you know, a lot of people love TV series. Uh, CW has done great. Um, the DC Universe app, a lot of people have really said that, like, Swamp Thing is really good, and um, and Titans, they've, I've heard a lot of uh, love for that show. Um, but for me, I'm, I'm a movie guy, and, you know, maybe this is just, like, a testing ground to see how people react to these two properties. But if we just get the TV series of Justice League Dark, I'm going to be severely disappointed that we never get a live action film. Cause I think like a two and a half hour film with horror elements in it, you know, the TV series could be great. Um, and I, and I probably watch it cause I really like that comic, but there's just something about the film where I think it would be, I don't know. I'm just a film guy, and it's just more easy to digest a two-hour film than eight one-hour episodes. And so, you know, I hope this is just, you know, the, the proving ground, and I hope they just, like, 
throw everything at the wall and just see what sticks. I heard they're also doing like an Aquaman animated series, like three episodes. Um, so that's kind of cool. So yeah, um, you know, just just throw everything at the wall. Just do like weird and wacky things and just see like what sticks and what's popular. Like maybe Plastic Man needs a resurgence. Who knows? <laughs> he was big in the 90s. Maybe it's time for him to come back. Well, you never know with this type of platform what you could do. I will play devil's advocate a little bit here, and then I'm going to throw it over to Carlos to bring a little bit of commentary into this space. Is, you know, arguably the Mandalorian is some of the best Star Wars content that's ever been put to screen in at least the last 20 years or so. And it came out of this episodic form. And having the ability to develop a story long term over eight, 10 episodes, hour long, 45 minute long episodes, you might actually end up with more content on things that you like, like a Justice League Dark. Green Lanterns on this space, I look at this, that's a big budget, right? You have to make that look good, right? Mm -hmm. This isn't something that you can, you know, Justice League Dark, you might be able to, to use lighting and some effects that you don't need to throw a ton of money at this. But Green Lantern, I, I feel like you have to put an investment there. So it's gonna be interesting to see how they develop that in this sort of space. And I like it could be a buddy cop type of thing where you got these guys floating around the universe and it could be a ton of fun. And I, I see the potential there. And I, I do agree with you in some aspects of the, the big screen, but I think there is room for these series to do as well or maybe even better on this style of direct-to-consumer where you have a bit more time to develop characters and, and really get people into the story as opposed to kind of trying to rush through something really big in two hours. So, Carlos, what are, you, what are your thoughts on some of that? Uh, you know what? I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of on Team Tim with this. Like, the <laughs> yeah. long Don't form. start another civil war, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm, my forces are just, you know, getting over the last one with Troy. I'm weak, it, man. I'm weak. I'm like Russia are... after World War II. I need time to replenish. <laughs> yeah, that derailed me, actually. <laughs> Russia after World War II. Yeah, no, I, I think you you put yourself in a position where you could tell stronger, richer stories with um, the episodic content. And I, I think something like Green Lantern, where you can slowly build uh, these characters up and lace in that lore... And uh, same thing for Justice League Dark. Like, those characters are so diverse. And there's so many neat things that you can do with them. That, uh, you know, over eight or ten episodes, maybe you have an episode that focuses on Constantine. And then you go into a two-issue Zatanna arc where she takes the focus. And um, yeah, you fill in a bit of her backstory. And she has a, a cool finale that also serves the overarching narrative. And... You know, I, I've consumed a lot of the DC TV. Like, uh, I've fallen off on a few of the CW shows, but uh, still watching Batwoman and um, made it through probably 80% of Arrow, Flash, uh, Jest, finally couldn't handle Legends of Tomorrow anymore <laughs> with this season. Titans, I like it. My wife loves it. Um, Doom Patrol, it's pretty niche, but they did some pretty dynamic stuff in Swamp Thing. It stands shoulder with anything else that any of the kind of boutique streaming services are putting out there. Like, it's a, it's a horror show, and it is absolutely excellent, and it's a travesty that it got cancelled. And then to say nothing of HBO's Watchmen, which oh, yeah. was mm -hmm. profound. 
to be honest with you. Like the same studio that holds all this DCIP and it's offshoot being HBO that puts out stuff like The Sopranos and Watchmen and The Wire and Game of Thrones doing this stuff. Sign me up, man. Like, yeah, DC has been on the CW, but at the same time, HBO did Game of Thrones. If you're going to give me that Game of Thrones budget on a Green Lantern show, oh, charge me double. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like, it sounds like you're in for that $14.99 a month. And I, I I don't blame you. You frame some of that out and it's like, yeah, hell yeah. You know, it's it's interesting as you start to run down things. It's like, yeah, this, this is a very competent and capable environment for these properties to really take off in troy is this is this hbo max another streaming service is this right for you <sighs> you know what i'm gonna be honest and this is this is gonna be kind of weird um so my wife loves the harry potter franchise and she's been trying years to get me connected to that universe and i've <laughs> always said i would be in if they gave us a save by the bell Harry Potter, like Hogwarts. I want that show. <laughs> Dead serious. And I feel like of we need that do. show on the HBO Max. 100%. So until we get that show, I will not buy in. No, but <laughs> real talk, though. Um, I'm, I'm both ways here. I'm right in between you guys. Um, Sonny, I feel you with the movie aspect. For me, mm-hmm. I would go stronger towards a Green Lantern. I mean, come on. It's been years now. Green Lantern. Yeah. No questions asked should be on the big screen with a big budget. And, um, and Carlos, I totally feel you with what HBO did with uh, Game of Thrones. It's it's fantastic work, but I still even I feel even more with a Green Lantern. We need to go Guardians of the Galaxy budget. Like it has to be not huge and bombastic because it could still just be like a John Stewart movie. Because I feel like we should get away from Hal Jordan. We could do a John Stewart buddy cop sure if you want, but I feel like that budget has to be just a little bit higher than what we've seen on TV. Um, with Justice League, though, I totally feel like it's right for TV. Um, if you look at what we got, like we got the Justice League on the big screen and it didn't even work. I feel like um, if we <laughs> took it back with the Justice League Dark, but on a TV format and really just go in on everybody's story and have them form throughout the whole show, I think that could be pretty cool. Uh, just seeing a dynamic, the, the dynamic between everybody cast in that film or, or show, I guess, because I just feel like there's not enough time on the big screen to uh, establish that whole team, especially with whatever we have. I don't know if they're going to try and connect it to the DCEU or not, but um, yeah, man, I, I don't know though. The 1499 that's, I mean, HBO is solid content though. It's, it's, it's top notch. It's yeah. the best stuff out there really. So I guess the price point's not bad. It's just there's not enough out there yet for me. Maybe if they had, um, uh, was it Red Hood and the Outlaws? If they gave us that show, boom, take all my money. I'd, I'd be on there. Well, I'd be on there for sure. It's interesting at that price point, and unlike Disney Plus, I don't want to draw a direct comparison to the company that I clearly take a paycheck from. Um, <laughs> They don't, they don't, not leading this, you know, there's a ton of content on HBO. Yeah. Like crazy stuff, but they're not leading this with a brand new DC type of show the same way they did with Star Wars. Right. It's like day one, you get Mando episode one, right? They're leading the entry into the streaming service with something that's brand new. Now I'm not sure exactly at launch is like this on a Kendrick thing, not the other thing that we're talking about Looney Tunes and a few things. To me, there's nothing here right now that I'm seeing that's like, yes, I have to see this in the same capacity that I did with The Mandalorian. Yes, again, Star Wars is something different for me, but in the same vein, it's like, should they be launching this with 
something in the DC space. You know, you're talking about IP, Sonny, and this being, you know, Warner Brothers, one of their biggest, if not their biggest IP currently. You think, yeah, sure, let's throw some money earlier on and get this thing launched. And on launch, you get this big DC thing. I, I don't know. I think a bit I more fanfare the, around that might have Hogwarts. Hogwarts. Tell yeah. you. Saved by the. <laughs> Tell you. Whatever. Saved by the broomstick. Swizzle stick. I don't know. Uh, stick. I'm oh, looking for what's that? Uh, what's that thing they chase? The, the oh the, the Quidditch. Got the, uh, the... Quidditch. Oh yeah, yes. the sport, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I don't know. I, I have a feeling that like the DC Universe app might just get rolled into this because. Well, I yeah, like there's no way. And if they like have a comic section too, where you could read comics, that would be great. Because I read a, you know, some comics that are, I'll never be able to get a hold of. Like first appearance of Wonder Woman, I'm never gonna. And if I ever do buy it, I'm never gonna read it, right? So for them to put like those old like 40s, 50s comics in there, that was super cool. Um, so I think like that would be cool. And like maybe because a lot of people don't have the DC Universe app, that could be like another launching thing is like you get all this plus all these cool DC shows that people have been raving about. There'll be like entire seasons for you to consume on day one. And like, not just like the new stuff, but they have like, I think the complete series of Smallville, they have young yeah. justice. They have oh. Batman, the animated series, Batman beyond like they had every ton. Like they even had live action too. Yeah. Film. Yeah. They had like, yeah, every live action DC film. So you could watch Catwoman on repeat if you really want to, or, uh, yeah, man. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, to me, to me, Constance Prue is, is my Catwoman, like Selena Kyle. No, it's, it's Halle Berry's Catwoman. Like I'm just waiting for the day that they bring her back into continuity in DC comics. This is one of those times, Sanjay, where we don't know if you're lying or if you're being truthful. (laughs) Um, well, I will say that, you know, there's a pretty great basketball scene where there's about 120 cuts in 30 seconds. That is just fantastic. Like you just have to experience it <laughs> just so you know the wonder that is Catwoman. <laughs> You're a wild man, Sanjay. <laughs> but going back to um, Justice League Dark for two seconds, um, yeah. who do we cast as Constantine? Would we bring back the guy that's been brought back like a thousand times? Or oh, are they yeah. Slate? Because he kills it as uh, John Constantine. Matt Ryan is awesome in that yeah. role. I just feel like Justice League Dark is too big for a TV show. And now maybe this is like my old school way of thinking. But like if you have like lower level characters, like um, like for example, in the Marvel series, you had that guy. Uh, what's his name that does like the the Kung Fu? I can't remember that guy's name. Senchi. Chi? No, no, no. The guy that had his like show. Oh, Iron uh, Fist. Iron Fist. Iron Fist. Yeah. So like. Iron Fist and like Luke Cage and like um, a Punisher, Defenders. even Punisher. I think it's like too big, but like like not like secondary characters, but like characters that like they don't even have their own comic series currently. So like I'm thinking like characters like in DC Universe, like I don't know, like I said, like a Plastic Man or something like that, because like I feel like Justice League Dark could be an amazing movie, and like you talk about giving it time, time to like to these characters you know i just watched it chapter one and chapter two and they did a fantastic job and that's like a ton of characters to introduce and like you know you look at stuff like lord of the rings where there's like a hundred hundreds of characters that they introduce or harry potter like 
you know, I can see Justice League Dark as like a trilogy or something. You know, I, I just I just don't know. Like, I did hear like stuff originally that they were gonna make a movie as well, and I don't know if it'll be like a different cast, and this would be kind of a way to test it. But I, you know, it's just like I just I have a hard time seeing that because like I see the success of Arrow. And like I know they're probably not going to make a Green Arrow movie anytime soon, just because people just think of Stephen Amell. And I just, I just think it's, I think it's just like a, not a waste, but I just think it's like an opportunity where they're kind of like, I don't know, they're just kind of like biting the hand that feeds. Like, yeah, you can have this like TV show, but like you won't get any. You know, you won't get any, like, the, the sweet box office revenue. I don't know, man. Like, maybe it's just, like, the way that it's just the new, like, way of thinking and, like, the the content is king and the, and the streaming is king. And maybe this is just, like, maybe this is just the way it's going where, like, in, down the road, streaming will be thought of as, like, the thing and theaters will kind of be, like, for secondary things. Maybe this is, like, an upheaval. I, I'm not sure, but... I think there's always going to be space for that that big film, but to me, this this environment within the streaming service, it just gives you time to develop things, right? You look at Daredevil and Punisher, you know, sure, those would be great films, but what we got in the Netflix series was fantastic, and a lot of it was the exploration of the character and the ability to, yeah, you could argue that Daredevil, both of them were probably too long at the end of the day. You could have cut like an episode or two off of both of them, but... I don't know. I, I like this space for some characters. You know, do I want to see an Avengers film in an episodic form? No. But I think taking something like this, like Justice League Dark, let's be honest, guys, like that's been talked about for years. And given the slate yeah. that they've actually laid out, this thing wouldn't even be coming out till like 2023, 2024, or whatever, right? And now you could get this next year in some form. And so. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I think there's an argument for both sides is that, yeah, the big screen adaptations for all these would be fantastic. Is that a reality anymore? I don't know. And But at, at a bare minimum, you've got J.J. Abrams developing a Justice League Dark for a streaming service, which, you know, more content as long as it is high quality, which HBO has has been known for forever. You know, I think, mm-hmm. I think you're going to get something special in this space. And again, it doesn't really necessarily say that we're not going to get a big screen adaptation, but there's probably a lesser chance that we are going to <laughs> at this point. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's going to be an interesting thing to watch. You know, we've got all these streaming services now, now dominating the, the release windows and this whole world that we live in right now is, is changing that again. And so HBO max launching May 27th, you know, going up against, or maybe not against, but, you know, really tacking onto the side of this ever growing list of, of, of necessary subscription services, you know, with Disney plus Netflix and all that. So, you know, it's, it's, it's great guys. You know, we've got more content than ever at our, literally at our fingertips and that's nothing to complain about. So, it's great. I will see how, how all this develops. We're going to have, you know, at least half of this on this on this podcast, jumping into it feet first on the first day. And so hopefully it comes out in Canada. I don't even know if it comes out in Canada. <laughs> well, yeah, well, in, in Canada, it's kind of cool. Like, so, like, Troy, you subscribe to HBO now, right? Yes. Or, like, yeah. have it 
already. I guess the way it's going to work is that Crave will change the world. So we'll get all the new content. The only thing we won't get in Canada is we might not necessarily get all the library content. Mm. So okay. like, we'll get like the new Green Lantern show and we'll get Just the Dark and we'll be get Looney Tunes and everything else that they have. But then stuff like, I don't know, maybe Batman the Animated Series is locked up in a licensing ah. deal somewhere else. We wouldn't right. get that or... Or who knows? So I'm not counting on us getting all the library stuff, mm -hmm. but we'll get all the new stuff. And the beauty right. of it is, is that you and I pay for it already. So there'll yeah. be no change. Yes. Well, I noticed that. And like, that's cool. And, Perfect. Yeah. And for Tim, like you just add the premium onto your Crave that you have now because they have like the Crave and then the Crave plus yeah. HBO. Okay. So you upgrade that for like whatever the difference is and then you're good to go too. So it's. 18 bucks Canadian is, I think, what I pay. And, like, honestly, I use that more than anything else. Like, I love that service. That's the awesome. HBO plus Crave. Like, I don't know that I'd need to have much else. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. Well, yeah. that's that's it, too, because it's a good point. Because we've made the decision that we're basically cutting our cable package down to nothing for the summer and just sticking with Netflix, Disney Plus, and uh, we have one other one, that we uh, Amazon Prime. Um and just going with there and just seeing what we can add on the side of this. So this might get an upgrade <laughs> within the package. I guess when you put it that way, it's it's much more digestible, at least for the, the initial cost. So Yeah, and with that Crave package, you get so many channels. Like I watch so much stuff from channels I don't actually subscribe to yeah. but that falls under that umbrella. So, yeah, man, you pay that, like, I don't know, I think it's like a $10 premium on top of Crave to get HBO. I think Ow. I already have it because I have access to, or I watch the Watchmen stuff. So maybe, yeah, maybe they did. Have it. Yeah, check it out. Like, I know Watchmen, they did, like, promo thing. Okay. And then, like, now a bunch of content just while people are at home and stuff. So, yeah, or you might already have it. So, yeah. Maybe I already pay for uh, it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> probably know that exactly can i uh borrow yeah. your username and password for uh two weeks while i catch up on watchmen if i could tell you off the top of my head i'd be happy to do it but i have no idea <laughs> all right guys well that wraps it up for this week and an exciting week in in news i like these you know, we'll leave this for a couple weeks and then come back and revisit some more news. And like we had talked about, I can't remember if we talked about it in the podcast or just before, but we're going to kind of, as we're now, you know, comfortable with how things are being recorded in our schedules and all that. So what we're going to do on podcast go forward is we're going to do kind of like a normalish episode one week. And then the following week, some sort of different style of episode now, whether that's bringing in someone else from a different podcast to have a, a bit of a, a broader discussion about a single topic, doing film reviews. We just finished Shazam here. We've got three films to finish our MCU retrospective. So we're going to be tackling those. So not sure what's coming next week, but there will be a, what I'll call a slight diversion from our normal episodes as we kind of let some of this news build up that again, if a massive trailer comes out or something big comes out, yeah, we'll definitely tackle that. But the plan is to kind of do a bit of a rotation where you're getting a look back review on a film. So something that you've likely already watched. And then the following week, we'll kind of do something where either we talk about some toys or do kind of an anchor episode with a few news items that we've done in the last few weeks as well. So we're going to kind of change the formula up a little bit as we stated a couple, at least a month or so ago, as we kind of shifted to remote recording and then trying to kind of drive some variability in the content as well. And that's what we're trying to bring to you guys. And we enjoy doing the reviews. We love doing the reviews. 
And so, yeah, go check out last week's 215 Shazam review. A couple weeks ago, we had Birds of Prey. So we got lots of stuff to look forward to, you guys, here in the coming weeks. And wow, man, I am tired, but I am jacked. I am stoked for this episode, and I hope you guys had a ton of fun listening to it. Now, if you'd like to be a bigger part of the show, you can always email us at nerdrm at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at the nerdrm as well. You find everything we do over at nerdroom.net, and you can find all of us on Twitter handles at the end of the episode and you guys you know just let us know what's going on there you know i threw something out on twitter there we're gonna eventually do an ask us anything type episode we had a few of our friends toss some questions our way so maybe tackle those next week we'll see but we're gonna hold those you know trying just to make sure that we have a a large enough repertoire for episodes go forward um can i ask questions you sure can Oh, perfect. Perfect. All right, guys. Lock Get load. ready for a lot of <laughs> smart questions from this guy. Yeah. And uh, like, who's your favorite podcaster here that starts with the letter S? You guys are silent. <laughs> I, the S doesn't That's a great silent, silence guys. that I'm leaving in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Like Troy said, you can tune into all our friends over the Star Wars Commonwealth. You know, Tumbling Saver, Talk Star Wars is a little bit of a hiatus right now, but he will be coming back soon. Everyone out there is producing great content, Gen X Wing, everyone. So make sure to tune in to them. And last but not least, we we'll want to give a big shout out to our man, Rob Wade, for endorsing us over at emotionally14.com. You can find us in all the other endorsed podcasts over there. So. I guess with that giant mouthful done and dusted, guys, it's time to sign off for this week. Let's get in a bed, curl up, maybe watch a little bit of that streaming service, get prepared for what's coming next. And, uh, yeah, for sure, guys, we're going to be back next week talking all things Stars, Marvel, and DC. And with that being said, for the Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. I'm Batman. And I'm Sanjay. All right, guys. Thank you very much for tuning in. Stay safe, stay nerd, and thank you very much for entering the Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts, Tim, Troy, and Sanjay, on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, and Sanjabi. For more content from the Nerd Room, check out thenerdroom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to the Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you plug in. Be sure to head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com to find more podcasts from Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Saber, Generation X-Wing, Road Squadron Podcast, San Diego Saber's Radio Podcast, Retro Inc., and the Sandcrawler Podcast. Follow the Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at SWCommonwealth and take your first steps into a larger world.